Welcome to the Attention Podcast, hosted by Conrad. This podcast is brought to you by Expose.io, the attention prediction platform. The godfather of computer science, Alan Turing, uh, once asked, uh, can we make machines think? And um, we're going to be changing that question a bit. We're going to ask, can we make computers see? Can we make machines see? Uh, and how can we make machines see? Um, well, in order to do that, we start by talking about what it means for humans to see. And together with my host, Kurt van Gemeren, who has a PhD in computer vision, uh, we're going to be talking about how these signals uh, get processed in humans and what we can learn from that and whether or not we can model it, what type of models, uh, what computer models we can use uh, for that. We cover a bit of cognitive science, neuroscience, and um, we try to focus on how understanding visual attention can help uh, companies make better products or better ads uh, by using object detection and images or videos. Uh, we cover a whole range of uh, neural nets, and uh, by the end you'll know a bit what a convolutional neural net is, trying to mimic the brain, and uh, you also know why computer graphic cards for games are so good for AI. So I hope you enjoy uh, today's episode. Okay, uh, with me here today is Kurt van Gemeren. Kurt is responsible for uh, what I would call the AI computer vision part of what we do. And today's uh, podcast is on that subject. Uh, what is AI and computer vision and how does that sort of relate to uh, cognitive sciences? Is there a difference between those things? And well, let's say that there is, otherwise we wouldn't be saying asking you this question. Um, then what is that? And um, why is what we do, just like we did in previous podcasts, we talk about why it's relative to, you know, people in the business side, uh, to the marketeers, or maybe to the designers. And we are going to cover a bit of, uh, you know, how do you apply this in your work? Um, and then maybe a small glimpse towards the horizon of what's uh, possible or what we see uh, happening or what we are actually working on. Um, so I think that's it. Uh, maybe to kick off, Kurt, can you do a quick intro, who you are, uh, what you did? Yes, yeah. Thanks, Kuhn, uh, for inviting me. Uh, I love to talk about my work. So um, Good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did a PhD at Utrecht University on, um, on computer vision, and, and I particularly um, uh, researched uh, human interactions. Uh, so that means uh, that, that we have uh, camera recordings of, of human interactions, um, um, and, and, and we, we would look into how do you recognize this? How do you recognize yeah. the human interaction? Yeah. Um, so, um, um, and, and further back during my studies, my, my interest has always been on um, uh, human behavior and the mind in particular. Um, I, I did a bit of philosophy, I did a bit of psychology um, in, in the study uh, Cognitive Artificial Intelligence in Utrecht. So, uh, while You're I got a renaissance man, a, 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 bit a little bit. I, lo I love science, yeah. definitely, definitely. I and hear a new t shirt coming up. <laughs> Yeah, so, so um, when, when I got into my PhD, I, I really focused on artificial intelligence and, and computer vision. And towards the end of my PhD, I started to miss the brain a little bit. So uh, mm -hmm. I did a lot of uh, uh, programming and, and hardcore uh, computer science, um, and I wanted to get back to the brain a little bit. So I got in, uh, I 
came into contact with, with Alpha One. Yeah. Um, and they explained what they did and what they did with brain sciences, neuroscience, and I got enthusiastic. So I decided to, to after my PhD, join the company. Uh, of course, your PhD is always a bit longer than the contract at the university. So uh, <laughs> um, I joined Alpha One, finished my PhD, um, and I started working here uh, on bridging the gap basically between um, neurosciences, the brain, uh, and, and artificial intelligence and uh, computer vision in particular. Nice. Cool. Uh, so, um, given your, let's say, quite a broad view, um, let's begin with, because nowadays almost everything is AI, and uh, which is maybe good, but at the same time, you know, if everything gets that sticker, it's also bad. Yeah. We are doing a, let's say, more specific version uh, or application of AI, which is, is computer vision. Uh, focused. Maybe it's good to start with that. Uh, what is uh, AI uh, according to you and um, computer vision in, in more in particular? Particular, yeah. Yeah, so so when I started my studies or my interest in AI, you, you cannot so get around Alan Turing, right? Alan Turing is the father of uh, computers. He invented the computer. Um, and he was also actually uh, the first person to actually think about this question of um, can machines think? So he wrote a very famous article, Computing Machinery and Intelligence, and, and in the first line of this article, everyone in AI knows, uh, I propose to consider the question, can machines think? And uh, so this, this, this question has been me for, for decades, um, and I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's become ever more relevant. Uh, uh, he already posed this in 1950, something. 1950, so yes, that's... Uh, quite a long ago. So it was back. quite a ph philosophical question for him. Because yeah. he, he, he invented a computer, computer science got started, yeah. but he was always thinking decades ahead. That's pretty sharp. That's pretty sharp, exactly. And, and well, at some point during my studies, I had to focus on a particular topic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a visually interested person. I love visual arts, um, and I love thinking about vision, uh, about what, what vision can tell us. Yeah. So I got interested in computer vision, which is a, a topic in, in uh, artificial intelligence. Um, and and uh, instead of the question, can machines think, I would like to rephrase it as, can, can machines see? Yeah. So, all right. Of course, we know that, that you know, we've... So you would, let's say, define AI as, okay, it, it can it, is a machine capable to, to, to think? And then one step more focused on the area that we are working in, you, we talk about, you know, can machines see? Yeah, exactly. And it could be because seeing is already a very um, um, complicated topic. I mean, seeing is a cognitive process. It's, it's sort of, um, um, you can record stuff, but yeah. recording is not seeing. Yeah. Right. And you can you can glance at something or you can can look at a thing, but glancing and looking is not seeing either. Right. Yeah. Seeing is a real cognitive process where you process the, the visual information and you turn that in visual information into thoughts and, and then into words. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a very complicated process going on in the brain somehow um, that, that pertains to seeing. And and, and my, my particular interest really is how does that process work and how can I model it in a computer? Right. So how can I, can I make the computer see? So basically uh, uh, what you're trying to do is that, you know, can computers, uh, instead of can computers think, which would be more AI, I would say one translation, one more, one step more specific, can we make computers see? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, because the question of, of uh, artificial intelligence and then how can we achieve artificial intelligence, um, um, uh, sometimes called general artificial intelligence for, for sort of uh, a machine that, that, that acts and thinks as a human, yeah. is way too complicated. I mean, it's such a complicated question. You don't know where to start. So I decided, okay, let's let's focus yeah. on 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 seeing on on vision because I, I I love the visual world. I'm I'm, I'm a visually oriented oriented person, yeah. and um, uh, so I started focusing on this this problem of how can we make uh, machines uh, see in, instead of just register or, or record, um, and and. Uh, gradually, uh, I, I got to an understanding uh, um, of the complications, which are, which are both uh, very scientific, but also quite philosophical. Um, um, and uh, um, so, for instance, uh, if you if you think about uh, seeing you, th- a, a famous philosophical question is, what does it mean to see red? What does that actually um, um, mean in the brain? Yeah. Um, right. Like um, the seeing the color red. Yeah, seeing the color yeah. red. So. Uh, do I see the same as you when we look at red? Well, we know from colorblind people that that's not the case, but that's in the eye. Yeah. But then if we look at the brain in particular, uh, our, our first-person perception of red, yeah. is that even the same thing? We don't know, right? We cannot look in the brain, so... Uh, you mean how people see, how different people see red? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, 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 we, have the, we have the eye, and we know a lot about, about the eye. We know how light gets trans- translated into a, a brain signal. Yeah. Uh, but that brain signal then gets interpreted uh, in the brain somewhere, yeah. and it gets translated into an experience. And this yeah. experience of seeing red, what is that? Right? And, and how can we model that in a, in a, in a computer? Yeah. That's what, what drives me. Yeah. So it's basically we have a, a reality, we have all sorts of senses that... Uh, get that information in. Uh, in a previous podcast, we talked with uh, one of our scientists on what does that mean, attention? When do you have attention? How does that sort of work out? Uh, but here it is, okay, let, let's see if we see something. Let's say the color red, we're all standing in front of a, a traffic light. Then, uh, yeah, that's a philosophical question is, uh, do we all see that in the same way? Yes or no? And can we sort of train a computer to also see yeah, experience. Uh, experience. And, uh, yeah, experience the red. Yeah. Um, I um, I have an experience when I when I look in, into the world. Yeah. Uh, it also this this also pertains to different uh, um, 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 uh, senses like like hearing or or feeling. Yeah. But uh, but I, particularly uh, what I'm focusing on is in in vision is is what do we experience when we see the world and and uh, if we get a better understanding of this. Uh, uh, then we can model it in a computer. So is this also where uh, computer vision sort of relates to uh, the cognitive science? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think, well, I, I have to say that... Or is, this a, is there a difference? Yeah, well, there is, of course, a difference. I mean, uh, computer vision is a, is a topic of computers, uh, computer science. Yeah. And, and cognitive science, well, it's, it's a bit of a, a broad science. Uh, yeah. um, in, during my studies... Uh, um, I would say I was trained as a as a cognitive scientist. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but cognitive science is always defined as a as a mixture of psychology, linguistics, uh, philosophy, uh, philosophy, and and computer science. Sort of a mix of, of jack of all trades. Yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of students start studying it. If if you don't know what to study, go study uh, cognitive science or cognitive artificial intelligence. Uh, you'll get get a bit of everything. <laughs> it might be in, it's something in there that you really like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you get you get three more years to figure it out. Ah, that's cool. That's cool. So, so there is a difference between those two. Yeah. Uh, so the difference really is that cognitive science um, 
um, uh, came about from, from psychology. So traditional psychology focused on, on uh, I guess, Freud, like, uh, like a, a first-person recalling of, of what the human experience is like, yep. and, then, and then thinking about that. But then um, um, we started to understand more in a scientific way of the brain itself, neuroscience. Yeah. And, and philosophers then figured that, well, just looking at neurons isn't going to make us understand what the brain is actually doing, because the brain is a, is a machine that, that from which... Uh, consciousness emerges yeah and this is not not something that we can see in the neurons no right there so we need a science that that looks at at all these these emergent processes like like uh vision or uh hearing which are which emerge from from the working of the brain and it's a functional property of it it's not sort of a direct property of neurons but it's a functional property and when they when they got to that point they they figured that well, it's getting really complicated now, so let's yeah. zoom out um, and let's let, just look at the functions and try to dissect the functions of, uh, of the brain and try to understand. So it's still uh, mostly studied in psychology departments, cognitive science, um, but, but uh, at, at some point computers got so advanced uh, that computer scientists saw this topic of cognitive science and decided, hey, we can learn something here to do the modeling that we yeah. want to do. Yeah, so it's uh, applying the... Uh so we're trying to understand how the brain works to help us improve the way computers uh, uh, work. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and and the interesting thing is vice versa. Yeah. So we're we're trying to model um, uh, cognitive processes also to better understand these cognitive processes. What are what are what are sort of the the limits um, of a uh, of how humans can see? If if we yeah. look at visual perception, for instance, like. Uh, the world is so full of information that somewhere in the brain there needs to be a filter of what we can actually see. Yeah. Because otherwise we we'd get an overload. We you know we wouldn't know where to look. Yeah. Um, uh, so by 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 um, applying computer uh, science to to these thoughts about com- uh, cognitive science, um, uh, well, a famous example is in linguistics actually that um, uh, linguists figured there's a problem with with children learning language. There's yeah. they're learning it too fast. Okay. At, at some point in their during their lives, the, the 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 accumulation of new words in children goes faster than than a computer uh, than, than information technology basically um, would be able to to predict. Okay. Right. So this was a, this was a problem. There was a discrepancy there. So, so what you mean is like uh, kids they learn at a certain rate, but then we have a computer model that say that says that's basically impossible. Uh, kids cannot learn at a certain rate. Because well, it's like the computer says no. Yeah, the, the, the computer <laughs> model basically said the kids are learning words faster than the, 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 the scientific uh, theory tells us they're supposed to. Yeah. So there must be something else going on. Something wrong with the kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's where, there, where computer science actually helps uh, 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 linguists uh, create new theories of how, yeah, yeah. how language okay. accumulation works. So, that's so it's like we have a theory, but uh, yeah. we see in practice that it's different. Therefore, yeah. there must be additional layers to it or another uh, mechanism at work. Otherwise, this could not be happening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, um, so and in that sense, also, um, uh, we see now that, that well, and, and I think in, in computer vision, it's not so pronounced yet because... I mean, the field of computer vision itself is not that old. Um, 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 I mean, it took a very long time for computers to become sophisticated enough, fast enough to actually do uh, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, or have the, the computational uh, capabilities yeah, to do exactly. so. Yeah, exactly. The power. Um, um, 
And um, um, but but since then, it's literally been a revolution. I yeah. mean, a, a computer vision insights maybe not so much in in, in brain science. It has an, had an impact, but it definitely had an impact in, in computer science itself. Yeah, I think maybe that's all a nice way also to to bridge a little bit more towards um, uh, what we do and what we apply it uh, for, or the people that we apply it for. So, from your perspective, why are um, yeah neuroscience and cognitive science uh, important to people that that you know make a product or a, a marketing campaign or something else? Yeah, yeah. So, so what we see um, in, in 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 marketing that it's it's all about conveying a message, yeah. right? Getting a message uh, across, and and um, I think marketeers are are uh, really interested in in what are the most efficient ways to 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 get this message across, and that has everything. Well, some of some of them are not all of them. Okay, <laughs> well, well. at least they say they do, but uh, yeah, it depends. yeah, yeah, depends. <laughs> all right, no, but I mean so. Um, when when uh, when you want to convey a, a message in, a message in a clear and 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 um, um, uh, quick way, yeah. uh, then then understanding what visual or what human attention is 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 quite important. Yeah. I mean, what what do people get out of uh, sort of a, a message? Yeah. How do how do they uh, uh, process it? And if you understand that better, then you can can um, um, then you can design your message uh, to be to be clear. Uh, and 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 quick. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that's that's why it's important for for marketers to understand a little bit of of these things. And 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 we as a company like to help them with it. Uh, yeah. With it. Yeah. Um, um, and that's where the science comes in. I mean, if we understand visual attention, if we understand attention in general, uh, uh, we can help them design better ads. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's uh, that's a very valid point, and uh, yeah, we see it. Uh, Quite often that, uh, well, even if you take them the, the, a, a, a basic real-life eye-tracking situation where there are elements in a ad and people just don't see it. Yeah. It's not even whether or not it's um, it's got the right color or, or it's, the intention is, is, is done well or yeah, quite obvious, obvious people have, have had some thoughts in putting something in, but it then just doesn't get seen. And then it's sort of like almost like a, yeah, if it's not... Being seen, you're not going to remember, and then you're not going to do something uh, with it. So we've we've covered a bit the AI part, the computer vision, making machines uh, see, and how that relates to uh, cognitive science, and how that then again has a direct link to neuroscience. Maybe it's good to talk a little bit uh, about how do you actually apply uh, computer vision in your work? Yeah. Yeah, so so when I was uh, getting towards the end of my PhD, I, I, I said, yeah, I, I got more interested again in the brain, in, in brain science and in cognitive science, um, and and I, uh, I remember quite vividly how I uh, got into contact with uh, with you guys at uh, Alpha One, uh, and they had this story about this company applying neuroscience to to marketing materials, and I, I was interested. I was yeah. triggered uh, by it, and 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 also the enthusiasm for artificial intelligence that that was here. Uh, already uh, really triggered me to think about things that 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 we could do, yeah. and things uh, that we could do with computer vision, with artificial intelligence, uh, in bridging the gap between neuroscience and and uh, and, and computer vision. So uh, I remember well that we had a discussion on um, 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 on eye tracking and how eye tracking works, and and that we did this study of. Uh, uh, the, the way you did uh, studies with eye trackers, yeah. and it takes a lot of time. Yes, complex. Uh, it's very calibrate complex to do. stuff. Yeah. 
So uh, um, um, I, uh, I started reading papers, and, and the, the computer vision uh, uh, revolution was in full effect at the time. A lot of interesting papers coming out on, on object detection, uh, on... on, on um, so that's basically detecting uh, objects in video. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, it starts with images, uh, just you know, finding yeah. uh, things that human would normally yeah. point out in an image. Cats, dogs, cats, dogs, cars, uh, humans, uh, etc. Yeah. Um, and and at the time, of, in my PhD, I, I researched uh, the, the human interactions. So uh, with physical contact, uh, like we don't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, hugging and uh, uh, handshaking and high fives. Uh, to recognize them in a video stream. Yeah. So really uh, putting a mark on the locations uh, in time and in space of where this interaction takes yeah. place. So we have a video and there are two people shaking hands. Yeah, and then yeah. My, my, my model would, would get triggered by the, by the motion and the posture yeah. of the, the, the humans. And say, uh, hey, now something's now, happening. Now something yeah. interesting okay. is cool. happening. Um, and... Um, um, so this sort of my expertise at that moment, and um, um, but I wanted to get more into brain science again and cognitive science. Um, so we we were talking about uh, eye tracking and uh, um, uh, and and I came across some papers that were doing uh, salience predictions. Yeah, and basically salience prediction is is uh, sort of um, uh, salience is a theory about what stands out in an image. Yeah, what triggers attention, visual yeah. attention. Um, and and there were some some ideas about how to model this uh, uh, using computer computer vision. Yeah. And what that meant was that well, if the model's perfect, then you don't need the eye tracker anymore. Yeah. You can just. Or the model is good enough, huh? maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's start with good good enough. But yeah. I mean, so so that that really got me uh, uh, triggered, and and I really started to uh, to work on this problem. Uh, can we model um, um, uh, salience and visual attention in a, uh, in a neural network uh, uh, to predict uh, what what would stand out in an, in an image or in a video? Yeah. So basically, uh, uh, if you talk about saliency, that's the, the the likelihood that it would stand out, and then the attention part is the likelihood that it would actually be seen if you compare it to a regular eye tracker, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the eye tracker is basically a machine that that. that looks into your eyes and then determines what it is that you are looking at on uh, your screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there's a little camera in it and it, the camera just looks at where, you're, where your eyes are looking Yeah. and then points out this is where the, the, yeah. the eyes are, uh, what, what okay. the, the, the yeah. images that the eyes are perceiving. Yeah. Um, and But that's not yet attention, right? I mean, um, uh, you can glance over something. Yeah, yeah. And this is, the, well, like I said, this is the, the coping mechanism that we have in our brain uh, because of the limited processing capacity. Yeah. Um, so you might you might see something technically, but it does not have to have your attention then. Yet. No, yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, um, and then we have the brain process of selecting the irrelevant and the relevant information. And salience is about what determines what's relevant and, and irrelevant, what triggers it to be relevant. Um, and... Um, um, uh, we started creating a neural network uh, based on uh, sort of what people find that stands out. So, I mean, uh, computer vision and machine learning, um, they, they thrive on real human data. We, we model human behavior, so we get the, the, the behaviors from real humans, and then we try to model what, what these behaviors uh, are like um, and predict uh, what they will be in new examples that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Right, so we need. So to you predict future attention based on 
on past attention. Yeah, uh, and po- and past attention of a lot of different uh, humans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so that that's where the AI part comes in, where you exactly. have lots of data and you basically train uh, this this model. Um, what type of um, model do you use for that? Yeah, so so um, how do you do that in yeah. terms of AI? It, the, the, so the AI part of this is really about neural networks. Right? Neural network. Yeah. What is a neural network? So a, a neural network. Uh, well, it, it it has neural and it has a network. It's it's a simulation <laughs> of the brain, right? It's it's simulation of of neural activity in the brain uh, in a mathematical way. Yeah. So we. So we, it's a m- computer model that mimics how the brain works. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. But it's a, if it's a very mathematical model. Yeah. I mean, the brain is is much more than than just math, right? There's yes, hormones, etc. In it. Yes. But but we know pretty well what a neuron does. Yeah. And and there's a mathematical model of a neuron. Yeah. Uh, and uh, basically, a neural network is a network of of these uh, virtual machines, these these mathematical machines that that mimic neurons. Yeah. Um, and the bigger you make this network. Uh, hopefully, the better your predictions are going can to do, be. Uh, uh, yeah, will be. Yeah. So to make it uh, a little bit more abstract, you know, on, on general, you have a computer system. Then, in uh, you, if, let's uh, let's say we talk about AI, that's artificial intelligence. Then, a neural network is a specific uh, form of uh, uh, of AI. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- I mean, uh, artificial intelligence uh, is a very broad topic. Yeah. People have tried all kinds of different techniques. Yeah. Um, um, and neural networks are quite old also. They, they're from the 60s. Yeah. Um, and they, they were very promising at the time. Um, and um, uh, But uh, at some point that stagnated. Yeah. Be- and that had to do uh, with the limits of uh, the computer hardware. Yeah. So we now have uh, smarter, faster computers. We yeah. can make those systems bigger and they become become better so yeah. the technology uh, that that we use is is a neural net yeah and and specifically uh, uh, an innovation in neural nets called a convolutional neural uh, net we're going to make it a tad more complex okay yeah, so we yeah, have a yeah. convolutional neural net i i'm taking this uh, as a three stage rocket I'm oh that's <laughs> cool so we have ai we have neural networks and, and then, then we have a convolutional neural convolutional net. neural network and what so, is that so um um People figure that these neural networks, um, they're just single neurons, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that talk to each other. Yeah. And, and you... So those are, let's say, for those pe- people that know, neurons are sort of the connections that you have. Yeah. Different neurons have different connections they're, in your brain. Well, you can think also of them as transistors. Transistors. Yeah. That you put some information in, and then the neurons decide, okay, am I going to trans- let this information through or not, yes. based, on, based on a mathematical threshold. Yeah. So it's like a gatekeeper. A gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah. And you put... Thousands, ten thousands, millions of those together. Yeah. You connect them all. Yeah. Right. Uh, but of course, this has limits because you have to do it in a computer, and the computer hardware is limited. Yeah. So people ran into this wall. Uh, that yeah. They couldn't, you know, have the computer handle more more neurons. Yeah. So, uh, but they they couldn't get they, they get got good results. They did some nice things with it, but um, um, uh, at some point they 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 the, the vision vision science came in and they said, well, uh, actually, uh, there's activation fields. It's not a single neuron. There's, yeah. a, there's fields in your brain that are uh, becoming activated, not just one neuron. Exactly, and and these fields represent patterns. Yeah. Uh, visual patterns. Yeah. And um, um, in time, at some point, they f- they figured that well, uh, convolution, which is a, is a mathematical term, 
Uh, it's a ma mathematical um, um, calculation, actually. It's a yeah. matrix calculation. It's linear algebra. The matrix. The matrix. Nice. We're yes. adding the matrix. The matrix. The matrix. So it's it's a uh, um, it's a computation yeah. uh, that can be done very f uh, efficiently yeah. if you have a computer that can do parallel processing. Yeah. And this is different than than single neural neuronal processing. Yeah. My goodness. So. Um, um, and when you have this, these multiple patterns being calculated, then, then we talk about a Yeah, we talk about convolution. convolution. Yeah, we, we did, so it's matrix multiplication, yeah. technically. Should called. have called it the matrix neural network. Would the matrix, been, yeah. Would have been, been better. <laughs> well, they, they liked the, the term convolution, I guess. Yeah. Actually, the first convolution neural network was called the neocognitron. Neocognitron. I love that term, but it, it was in 1986, wow. and it, it, it's a very obscure paper by this Japanese guy. And it ended up somewhere in a, uh, on, a on a shelf, uh, caught a lot of dust, and wasn't rediscovered basically, or re until like 2012, something like that. And how is it called? A neocognitron. A neocognitron. Yeah, but we have a. For those of you who don't know, we have this uh, approach here in our company that we name systems, machines, or anything else after either a scientist or something else. And maybe we should. Maybe our next fridge would be the neocognitron. Neo or maybe that's not too much. <laughs> maybe, maybe give it a bit more credit. I, I, you know? I don't remember the, the, the author's name, actually. He's a Japanese guy. Maybe that, that name is, would be interesting. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out who that, uh, <laughs> who that, uh, who that is. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, let's go back. So we talked about saliency, about visual attention. And then we talk about the type of neural network that we, that we use. Um, what else is there to say about the technology that we that that, that you use uh, in your day-to-day -day work with Expose.io to? Yeah, yeah. yeah so 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 what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, predict the visual attention. So, yeah. And and what that looks like for us uh, is a heat map. Yeah. Right. We we want to highlight the the spots in an image or a video uh, that will draw uh, attention. Uh, so so what we need is uh, actual humans uh, who who lend their attention to yeah. to interesting data. Yep. and we we uh, we devised a method to to aggregate this uh, all this data. Yeah, um, and and then we have two tra training sources. Actually, we have the the real imagery. Yes, right. Maybe ten thousand examples, ten thousand images, and for those ten thousand images, um, we have uh, a, 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 a human generated interpretation of the saliency that they experience while looking at those uh, uh, images. Yeah. And that, that just looks like heat maps. So 10,000 heat maps, 10,000 yeah, natural images. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the convolutional network, uh, neural network. Yeah. And we have to somehow combine These the, the two information sources yeah. uh, and, and force the neural network to, to get optimized on predicting those salience maps. Yeah. Right. So we tried to have the computer predict, um, okay, if I have this image that goes in, this is the actual real result of the eye tracker. Um, you know, try to predict this yeah. when I give you an image uh, and see if you can come and, up with it. And that. this is what these neural, these convolutional neural networks are really good at. Yeah. Right. So, but we we applied a, a trick uh, that was uh, that was invented somewhere in 2018. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's called a, a, a GAN, a generative adversarial network. That's oh, the third yes. stage. Uh, yes, okay, that's great. So, so we've 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 we we are going a couple of uh, of layers. So we started in the 70s. Actually, I just quickly you looked it up. It was uh, uh, 79, actually. So all good good things come out of the 70s. Yeah, I yeah. like that. And like the guy, me, I'm from 79. Yeah, yeah. 79. <laughs> oh, you're from 79. Well, actually, the guy is called Kunihiko, and there it goes, Fukushima. I mean, Fukushima. that's as about as, as Japanese as it gets. Exactly. So a couple of decades, 
we in between those two, but you've added the uh, the the gun. Yeah, the generative adversarial network. Generative adversarial network yeah. sounds like a bit of war. It is a bit of war. That's nice. And there's there's a bit of war. We have the matrix. We have the war. Yeah, we have Tell me about the war. Competition. What is the competition? So, so a gun consists basically of ma two main parts. We have a generator. Yes. And you can think of the generator as a forger. As a uh, forger. Yeah. Oh, nice. So um, uh, there's this for uh, this forger uh, who's really bad at his, at his job. He's just trying to forge whatever he sees. Um, um, and uh, but it really you know, the outcome. Anyone can see that it's fake. Yeah, so we're trying to make a, a Rembrandt, but it doesn't really work. No, not at all. So we have a police. We, we have a policeman. It's called the discriminator. Discriminator. And the policeman looks at it and says, "Oh, that this is definitely fake." But but so the, the fake Rembrandt. Yeah, and and but the interesting f thing, of course, is that the generator gets the information from the discriminator. Ah. Like so, the the, the generator get, knows why the, the, the discriminator thought it was fake. Yeah. Right, so he gets his information and, and updates his parameters. It's so I'm going neurons. to make another painting. Yeah, I'm going to see gonna if make we can get a better, better one. closer to yeah. the, the Rembrandt. Yeah. So then, then the the, the, the discriminator uh, gets a tougher job. Yeah. Right, but it's is also learning at the same time. It's two two neural networks learning at the same time from each other. So it's like a uh, they they it's like a good relationship. They both grow on top of each other. Yeah, the, and and uh, uh, we know this, uh, this 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 the math behind this is very old also. It's, it's called game theory. Yeah. Um and uh, and what what those two networks are looking for is what's called the Nash equilibrium. Nash so equilibrium. The Nash equilibrium. As a, a beautiful mind the, the movie about uh, John Nash. Um he found this theory uh, in in strate uh, strategic games, yep. you can think of this as a strategic game. Yeah. The forger is trying to make the best forgery that it that it can make, and the discriminator is trying to its best to to tell which uh, is which one real, is real and which, which one, one is, is fake. fake. And they they learn from each other. They get better. They get better. They get better. But at some point, yeah. they're both so good that they can't improve anymore. Yeah. And that's called the Nash. They they reach a Nash equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. They 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 can't change their strategy in any way. To come up with a better yeah, result. To come up with a better result, and yeah. so we can measure this during training of the neural network, and we can see wh whether we reach that that sort of plateau. Uh, and then, and then we have actually a, a pretty good forger, a yeah. generator, yeah. and and we use then this this generator on unseen data to predict what the salience would look like. Yeah. So we feed them with the right solution and the wrong solution, and until in the end, uh, the, the, the difference is, is hardly almost, yeah, visible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, the difference in the sense is that it's really good at pre at, at generating uh, the outcome that you would have had in a real uh, exactly. life setting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, uh, um, that's the way we use guns. Uh, guns yeah. are, are used uh, throughout computer vision. They all, yeah. They're also becoming very good at uh, creating faces that don't exist. Yeah. Um, and um, um, uh, yeah, so, so we use it for, for predicting salience uh, in that sense. And and we have a neural network then the generator yeah. uh, that can give us a salience result very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so what that means is I have an image or I have a video, uh, for instance, and I upload that into our exposed system, and then yeah. your multi-layered seventies twenty twenty system basically uh, the gun uh, yeah the <laughs> gun uh, applies uh, a calculation. Uh, and we do this uh, in a cloud environment, so it's pretty yeah. scalable. Uh, then it spits back a sort of an eye tracking or a heat map. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and you can see this is uh, where, uh, in all likelihood, people would be providing their attention. Yeah, that, that's it. it sort of uh, um, um, because, of course, we took the human out of the loop. Yes. Uh, after training, uh, uh, we can do it completely online. Uh, either images or videos. Uh, the system is super fast uh, because we do everything in uh, in a GPU. Yeah. Um, what is a GPU? What is a GPU? Yeah. So that's that that goes back to the part where, where I was talking about the convolutions, and I talked yep. about sort of these these ca matrix calculations. Ah. And matrix calculations are nice because they can be done in parallel. Yes. And uh, well, if you uh, want to understand anything about the GPU. Uh, but I don't know even what it is. So it's so a, it's a it's graphic a, graphics processing unit. A graphics processing unit. So yeah. it's like a graphics card in my computer. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to to dump this down a bit. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So th this is an interesting history as well because um, 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 the GPU was actually invented for gaming. Yeah. Right. For for computer games, playing computer games, and and the reason that it works so well in, in my field uh, is because the the mathematics, the linear algebra for Creating 3D environments is exactly the same mathematics as the ones in convolutional neural networks. Ah, so you actually are abusing a graphics card that thought it would be playing beautiful games, exactly. and now it has, yeah, to it has to crunch be the forger or, yeah. or the discriminator in a uh, exactly yeah yep. yeah it's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah some some graphics cards are lucky I guess yeah <laughs> probably are um, okay so we've we've talked about. The uh, application of AI, uh, I think pretty much a uh, story of the multi-layers that we have, the complex um, systems that are predicting where people uh, will be, um, you know, where people are most likely to, to put their attention in a visual context. Um, and obviously that's interesting for marketeers because yeah, you can test different versions of your creative work to see which one will get most attention, whether that's a advertisement or it's a point of sale or actually a 30-second video. Well, if we look a little bit at the future, what is the limit of these types of predictions or what are potential other areas that you that you are looking at for yeah. marketeers? Yeah, yeah, so, so um, uh, yeah, Alpha One is a company that, that does more than just uh, uh, visual attention. We, yes. we, we do brain science. We, uh, we have EEG. Um, yeah, for uh, the people who don't know, EEG is like this, this cap on your head with electrodes, and we measure let's, like, almost like the emotional response. Yeah, uh, feelings. Yeah, we we feelings. want to know about feelings. What, yeah. what do people feel when they look at, it, uh, at an ad? Yeah, um, and uh, so we use EEG for that, and yes. and these EEG uh, signals, uh, it turns out you can actually also process them with a, a convolutional neural net. Ah. Uh, you can use a, a convolutional neural net. Turns out on, on pretty much anything. A convolutional neural net a day. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So so we have our, our research team uh, yes. looking into this. How can we use um, uh, these neural nets uh, on on EEG and and actually predict emotions? Yes. Um, and, uh, and and my sort of my, my dot on the horizon uh, is doing the same trick that we did to visual attention with these emotional predictions. We yeah. take, at some point, we want to take the human out of the loop, put a video in, uh, predict the feeling that the video would evoke yes. uh, based on neuroscience, neuroscientific insights predicted by a convolutional neural net. Yes. And that would be nice. That would be nice. Maybe and we could turn it around and say, what type of emotions do you want your marketing work to, uh, to, to trigger? Yeah, and then yeah. uh, we say, well, you probably have to use these, these or these, uh, these elements. elements. 
Yeah, so, so yeah, you can go all kinds of directions. Um, uh, we've been thinking about uh, using some uh, evolutionary algorithms, which is also part of artificial intelligence, to uh, optimize an ad, for instance. Can you, can you sort of have uh, a million ads being generated and then uh, using evolution, the theory of evolution, yeah. to uh, pick out the ones that will work best? Okay. And have those ones create new ads? And, and, well, you need to know what a good ad is then. And we can use sort of knowledge of Expose yes. to, 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 to figure out, to automatically what understand w- which would be a potentially a good ad. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting area because if you can combine some of these measurements, those cognitive neuroscientific data sets, and if you can combine them with, let's say, market level impact or you know data of results, then you can use those yeah, in the training. Yeah, yeah. So this is also an open invitation for people who uh, you know want to come in contact with us and, and and talk about that or have brilliant data sets that they want to link to. I, I uh, love data. Yeah, bring me more data <laughs> that I can crunch. Yes, we'll we'll find a you know convolutional neural network to match it. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, that's nice. So you see, he basically we're going into some areas where these predictions will be wider and more let's say, uh, or a little bit beyond just what gets attention. Yeah, but bro- also broadly applicable. Yeah, broadly I, applicable. I, I and also what it may be the emotions or how people feel about uh, content. Yeah, and, and um, um, I, I foresee that at some point we will want to incorporate uh, the sound. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, sound in, in, in video is very important for, for emotions. Yes. Try to look at a horror movie without sound. Yeah, or, a, happy, very or a very happy song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, um, and, and, and the nice thing is that these convolutional uh, neural networks, I'm convinced, uh, will be able to, to, to handle it yeah. and to, get, to, get, to find the interesting patterns that, uh, that, that will be able to predict the things we're interested in. Yeah. Uh, I think that sort of rounds up a interesting talk about the AI, uh, how, com- how and what computer vision is, how it sort of relates to cognitive science, and then uh, what we do with it on a day-to-day basis, uh, trying to predict where attention will go in images and video. And I think a, a quick uh, peek in the future of what could be uh, possible in terms of emotions. And we've learned that you know we can apply convolutional neural networks to almost uh, almost anything. Um, thank you for joining in and yeah, sharing thanks. this thanks with you. Um, anyone wants to know anything? Uh, send us a mail at uh, hello at expose.io and uh, we'll get back to you. Thanks. Thanks for paying attention today. I hope you will join us again for a new episode of the Attention Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by expose.io, the attention prediction platform.